What's going on, everybody? Welcome and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brown Guy Podcast Network. This is Dom, your usual host on the show. Today, we have a very special guest calling in from New York City. He is the Vice President of Digital Marketing at Columbia Records and Sony Music, and that is John Vincent. So he'll be joining us on the pod in just a few moments. But before we get to that, I just want to remind everybody, please stay safe. Please stay at home. Please keep yourself healthy. Please take your vitamins. Please take a lot of showers. Whatever you got to do. If you are leaving the house, wear a face mask, carry your hand sanitizer, whatever you got to do. So yeah, let's get into it. So today on the pod, we have John Vincent. John Vincent is the the VP of Digital Marketing at Columbia and Sony, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. Yes, sir. That's dope, man. That's crazy. It's a pleasure to have you on, man. I'm feeling lucky to have you on. Appreciate y'all for having me. For sure, man. Uh, You want to tell the people a little about you and what you do? For sure. Um, So currently, I work at Columbia Records, been here for about like two, two and a half years now. Um, and I really just kind of handle everything that happens on the internet for a lot of really dope artists. And I'm blessed for that, right? Everyone from, you know, A-level guys like a John Legend of the world to, you know, up and coming artists like Polo G or Lil TJ, uh, you know, it's just anything that happens on the internet, have a finger on music videos they put out, how they post on socials on a daily basis, uh, interviews with people on YouTube, um, you know, down to just like documentaries and any other types of content that they want to make. Uh, I'm fully involved with, you know, to make sure that things, one, look correct, things come out correctly, and things are, you know, 100% within the brand and the vision that they want to put out. Damn, man. Well said. Well said. That's amazing, dude. Like, I, I that's amazing. But I imagine it's a lot of hard work, though, to stay on top of literally everything, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. You know, I think one, <laughs> working with artists in general, I commend anyone that works with creatives or artists because they're just like a different sort of breed and genius, like to be completely yeah. honest, like they, they kind of just, they move in their own way, right? Um, but I think the, you know, the, the other part about this that makes it hard is like, it's, I, I work primarily on the internet, you know, like this is a, this is a thing that doesn't sleep. This shit is up 24 seven. Things are happening right. on a regular basis. No, regardless, it is global. Right. So it's like that being, I think is the part about it. That's the curveball. Cause you know, other types of work, it has an end day. You know what I'm saying? Like you stop at 7 PM, you stop at 6 PM, whatever it may be that you do. Um, but you know, the internet doesn't sleep. So literally like anything can happen. Something can happen at 2 AM and I have to be somewhat present to either yeah. be a part of it or be the one that started, right? So it's that's kind of the, the the difficulty of it that I think a lot of people seem to miss. Yeah. No, I, I totally feel that. How's that how's that been for you during quarantine? Obviously with everybody on social media times ten at this point, right? Because there's nothing um, else yeah. to do. Yeah, that's it. Nothing else to do. You know what I'm saying? Like I you know what's funny is before, right, you used to be able to you know it's not even something this simple, right? Like Technically, right now, would have a bunch of artists starting to go on their tours, right? And starting to get ready for festival season. Right. So, yeah. like, you know, there would be times like a week or so in a row where you wouldn't, you know, there isn't a lot of day-to-day things you're handling with an artist because they're out on the road. So, they're focused on other things. But mm-hmm. they're home now. So, they're like, they're moving <laughs> from their couch to their pool to their living room to their bedroom. And they have no idea what to do. 
but <laughs> they're artists so they need to be present they need to be able to engage with their fans so a majority of the time it's like they're on the phone with me like yo what am i supposed to do what am i doing today what am i doing yeah. on instagram today what am i doing on twitter today you know like and and i think that's kind of that's the big difference like factor I, I, which i realized like i would say like two days in i was like oh man anyone that like primarily works on digital or social media um mm-hmm. they're fucked like they're they're 100 not going to be sleeping for the next three months <laughs> yeah like, yo, just I, actually, <laughs> I saw you tweeting about it actually at, like the beginning of all the quarantine stuff you were saying like like everybody's going to be on social media times 10 it's time to start putting out putting out some new shit start time to start putting out this content that you've been wanting to put out and stuff like that and 100%. Is, that, is that something that's been happening with your artists so like are they all trying to push 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 or is it kind of more yeah. of a chill out i know I, everyone is pushing i think everyone yeah. and not really just speaking for my you know the label i'm a part of or the artists i work with i think the industry itself is you know double downing on anything they can do to stay at the top of the timeline, right? Like they're doing mm-hmm. anything necessary. If, if that's releasing music, if that's going on IG Live and playing, you know, teasers, if, you know, you have D-Nice going on IG Live doing DJ sets every night since the quarantine started. <laughs> Bro, so it's like, yeah. I, that's, you know, that's that's all, that's everyone is what everyone is doing. The amount of TikTok accounts that opened up within the last two months, just because oh people either want to watch a bunch of TikToks, which is, you know, oddly weird for certain <laughs> groups of people. Um, and a bunch of people that just want to actually take part of it and start creating stuff. Like everyone is just looking for things to do because everyone's at home, man. It's like, and you can't, there's just so much you can do at home. And I think you're starting to realize that, you know what I'm saying? Like I bought for a sure. PS4 for no fucking reason. Well, like, what you playing? <laughs> um, so I, I'm trash everywhere, but uh, I, I have 2K. <laughs> And I have okay. pods, so you know the, the usual games that yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would probably cop. But yeah. you know I, I've been like super like wildly obsessed with zombies lately, so okay, I've just okay. been playing zombies any any moment I can find. Um, <laughs> but it's like even that, you. right? Like I have a bunch of artists that ended up buying a bunch of video games. Like they, they started buying consoles. They opened Twitch up. You know what I'm saying? And now they're streaming mm-hmm. on Twitch. You know what I'm saying? Like they would have, you know, it's things that we've told them to do, but they were, they weren't really, they didn't have time to do it. They didn't, we weren't hip to it, but it's yeah. like, well, once again, it's like, how do I connect with my fans? How do I speak to them in a creative way? And you know, what can I do at the same time? So I'm not bored. Yeah, no. And that's exactly the way I think, I think Twitch is so amazing, man. There's been so much stuff going on. I don't know if you've seen, but like, uh, Manila is actually kind of leading leading things on on social media right now in the aspect of dj shows on twitch oh wow and and also through animal crossing <laughs> no i'm ser- i'm really serious which man. is, which been, is like, interesting because article- that means there's that many people with switches out there yeah, I know, right? Like, I didn't know that many people had them. Yeah, right? yeah, or people yeah, yeah. are just buying them when this just started. But man, like, there's been, like, the some of our friends have been on, like, Hypebeast lately and stuff like that for their Animal Crossing wow. stuff. There's been all these articles about all the live DJs because, dude, there's, there's people doing live DJ sets at all times of the day, Sheesh. every day here, like, nonstop. Every, like, there's somebody else on Twitch. There's, there's, like, four different platforms that are just running it nonstop, nonstop DJs. We had one on earlier today while we were both working from like i think they played from like 2 p.m to 7 30 or something like that oh wow 2 p.m to 7 30 wow. it's just non-stop djs playing all the time and like 
I mean, that's, that, that's dope though. That's, you know, that's fire. And, and I could see that. And I hope one, I hope it's like turning into some sort of dollars or pesos. Um, uh, I'm, hope, yeah. I'm hoping to get paid, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hope, yeah. you know, they, they definitely get signed out of it. As far as I know, I think they're still doing it this way. I think they're still doing everything's getting donated to, uh, nice. research good. and to hospitals good, good, for good. PPEs and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's good. It's been good. I, I love to see it. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done anything yet for us. So I, I don't know if I've gotten to tell you about this, but so I do this podcast. It's the Barangay Podcast Network. Uh, our, I'm from an art collective called the Barangay, where we oh. do art exhibits, pop-up exhibits in different cities around the world. We've done primarily New York, LA, and Manila, because that's where our people are at. And we've been like trying to figure out what kind of content we want to do. And I think we just figured it out last night. We're Ooh, gonna do. That's exciting. We're gonna. We're about to do an Animal Crossing art gallery. <laughs> Wait, that's fire though. And, that's and stream fire. it on Twitch. <laughs> yeah, that's fire. That's fire. See, like shit like that right there is like that's hella creative. That's right on point. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I think it's still you know knowing knowing what you guys do, it's still within the brand that you guys have created. You know, and For I sure. think that right there is like. That's brilliant, first of all. And I need is that breaking news? Did we just did you just break that news right here on the That's podcast? breaking news. That's breaking news. That's breaking news. All right, fire. Um, I'm definitely tuning in. So I might need to like find a way to cop or borrow a switch for that moment. For sure, or just man. watch I mean, on Twitch. Or just watch on, you know, watch on Twitch. Yeah, we'll have it on Twitch, no doubt. No doubt. It's, I think it's nice. gonna be cool, man. I think it's gonna be yeah, cool. No, that's, that's very, very so you play. Cause they, no, like, I don't. I don't. It's oh, not the people in my crew. Yeah, like half, oh, okay, more than it, half of my it, crew is it. playing. So I was like, you know what? Let's just do it there. I've just been here playing FIFA, man. I bought FIFA 20. I've just been <laughs> oh, playing FIFA okay. nonstop. <laughs> I, I have that EA monthly bundle, but I don't think FIFA 20 is on there. So I'm going to let you what? know. Then what so is? Uh, I think it's know. just let FIFA 19. Yeah, I think it's FIFA 19. And then you have to oh, okay, cop okay. FIFA 20. Because You know what I'm saying? I understand. Um, I have FIFA 19 seen. I've seen a lot of people really really go ham on twitch uh, mm -hmm. on switch sorry pardon me like and and on animal crossing specifically like there's a there's a designer that i follow that actually revealed her like summer collection on on it and i was just like oh, this is genius. ridiculous but genius. it's genius yeah exactly it's genius it's genius you know we we've tried to like host like a music video or like a fan meetup um on uh on animal crossing before so it's it's definitely it's been a it's it's been a great way to, I guess, interact with other people, and, sure. <laughs> and keep yeah. you somewhat sane. Um, in this but, in this man. different different universe, it's exactly. it's amazing. I, yeah. I just saw on Twitter today. You know, uh, AOC, AOC mm. has been playing Animal Crossing and she's visiting people's towns or whatever in the game. <laughs> and like I've been seeing it on Twitter for the last two or three days. It's crazy. And and look, I'm not a political guy, but I think that's one of the mm -hmm. reasons why he, she cuts so through, right? Like, and and that right there, in my opinion, once again, bro, it's just like understand where the people are at, understand how people are consuming content, information, use how they spend their time and be present. And I think she's one right. of the people, cause like, you know, not to like dive into her specifically, but like, she's one of the first really real political figures that took advantage of Instagram live. You know, yeah, that was on that absolutely. on a regular basis, handling Q and A's, doing town halls on Instagram live. That was doing, you know, more viewerships than a CNN or a Fox town hall. So it's like, yeah. those are the type of things that, and, and so I'm not surprised to hear that she jumped on it, but that's actually really yeah. funny <laughs> and absolutely it's brilliant. Dope. It's dope. Yeah. So uh, you kind of just mentioned it like so with your job, 
do you frequently have to stay up to date? I mean, I'm sure you do. Like with all social media platforms and everything that's coming up, like how, how extensively do you research to kind of see the way those numbers are looking? Um, I treat myself like a fan. You know what I'm okay. saying? Like I use these things like like as if I was on the other side of the table, you know, mm -hmm. and it's the only way. It's the only way. Because outside of like knowing that, you know, house party is something that's starting to bubble and or right. people are already on it, I have to also understand that, you know, you can only have a max of eight people in a house party session. You can only, you know, there is a side of house party that is absolutely fucked up that could get hacked. Like there's so many different kind yeah. of intricacies, but yeah, I, mean, I treat myself like a fan. Like I use these things just like I would if I was just a regular person, a regular, you know, guy or kid or teenager that like learned about, you know, TikTok yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I really go about it like I'm a fan and, and you know, call that research or, or call that just experience. But I make right. sure that I use it and I make sure that I understand it because, you know, a lot of these platforms, I think the part that's really interesting about it is the community makes what this is, right? Like it's yeah, just definitely. a platform at the end of the day. The people that are on it is what turns it into that. Um, mm -hmm. So I need to also understand how people are using it in the first place, you know, and I think that part is super important. So, yeah, man, I'm on I'm on these things like 24-7, you know, like my phone is connected to me like it's just my head. Yeah. How do you feel about TikTok? Um, you know, I, I grew like I primarily grew up during the Vine era, like my actual like, you know, like For understanding sure. something was like Vine. So I completely get it. Right. And I see why kids are 100 percent gravitating to it. Um, you know, to me and nowadays, I think social is just social. Like, you know, they, like I said, the, the, the community itself makes it so. You know, I think it's it's a great tool to like create and be creative, um, but at the same time, I hate what it has turned into <laughs> in terms of like music, man. Like for real, like yeah, you got too. you got people that don't even listen to a full three minute, two and a half minute song, and two and a half is that's short. I remember really when songs short. were generally three, yeah, exactly, three fifteen, three thirty four. You know what I'm saying? You have mm -hmm. two and a halfs and people wouldn't even get through the first 15 seconds, 30 seconds. And that's just it. just want to hear the chorus. You know? So yeah. that part I think sucks. But in general, man, it's like this is, I'm, I like that newer and newer platforms are coming up. I like that new things and new ideas are coming up and, and are coming out of those platforms because it's just the way to keep things going. It's just the way to keep everyone somewhat entertained. Um, so, I mean, I don't, I don't mind it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is. You know, I'm not on that. I'm not going through that and like looking through it with every single person just because it does feel so young and it does mm -hmm. skew super young. And that to me makes it a little, that part a little strange, right? But it's yeah, a part no, of TikTok I that I enjoy a lot, bro. Like there's a, I'm like, you know, my lady is a big like food person. Like she's, you know, she, she, she cooks, she produces for a food show, et cetera. And I'm, I fell into that side of TikTok that's just purely like food and how to make these like <laughs> interesting things in 30 seconds, bro. That shit is game changing. Like yep. learning how to make like, you know, a recipe in 30 seconds is fucking brilliant. Yep. Right. It's um, brilliant. Yeah. It's shit is brilliant. So I'm with that, man. And, and, you know, as long as, as long as things don't get weird from that platform, that's, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of things about a lot of these platforms where, you know, it's siloed. They don't really watch 
what other communities are doing. And mm-hmm. that part, I'm starting to see that from TikTok, which I think a lot went through. Uh, Twitter went through that. Facebook went through that. Um, Instagram is still going through that as far as like really, really identifying people that are using that platform in a harmful way and someone right. getting rid of them or banning them without, you know, obviously breaking any sort of freedom rights. But that part I'm starting to see about TikTok that I think a lot of people haven't really realized yet, but I unfortunately fell into that world. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to just navigate through that. Right. No, I totally feel you. Totally feel you. Yo, um, while we're on the topic, do you have a favorite social media platform? Twitter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter. Just, Hell just yeah, check bro. It. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's fucking hilarious. Like Twitter in general, and and maybe just because of how I curated the people that I follow and the list that I'm like a part of. But mm-hmm. there's never been a time that I was on Twitter and I wasn't laughing. It's yeah. like my no, that, it's that one of the few things that make me happy. Yeah, it's one of the few things that make you happy, bro. Like it's everything about it is so funny. Um, I'm I'm a big part of NBA Twitter, so I always enjoy the Knicks getting <laughs> shitted on. So it's uh, it's just like don't say yeah. that. Why? Who's your team? I'm a Knicks fan, bro. Oh, word. Okay, me too. Yeah, yeah. I came to sure. America during like the Larry Johnson, Patrick Ewing, Sprewell days. So okay, I literally so late, late like nineties. Yeah, exactly. Like late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I like remember the four point play against Miami. Like I that was just kind of like that. And then you know, obviously being here, that just naturally became my team, and I rode with it. And it's been a yeah. very, it's a bit, it's been a very hard. <laughs> 20 or so years i know i know what you mean man my first my first memory of watching basketball was we were living my family was living in bloomfield Mm. and we had this like eight inch square tv nice the crts yeah at the dinner table and the like the first thing i remember i don't even remember watching like a highlight play or anything i just remember seeing spreewell like a close-up on spreewell as he was running down the court and I was like, I've been a Knicks fan ever since. Like that's the only yeah, yeah. memory I have of that. But like I saw Spreewell wearing the number eight and it, that's it ever since. Yeah, <laughs> I've been I stuck love with that the Knicks ever too. since. Yeah, yeah and, and it, it's hard. Like, I, I mean, I have so many people are like, yo, you should just jump, be a Brooklyn Nets fan. No, 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 it's no. Like, no, nah, no, I can't, no. It's like, nah, I can't Never. do that, man. Like, I just gotta, I just gotta stick it through at this point. I made Never. this, like, I made this decision in life yeah. and I'm just gonna have to roll with it. And one of my few things that I wish is just to, like, be a part of a parade, like, at least once. You know what I'm saying? I know, saying? Just, man. I know. Just once. You know, you I know, got two I'm, from the Giants. You know, I've never really been a baseball fan. So I got two from the Giants, which is great. So I'm good on football and, you know, I can live with that. But, like, I just yeah. need one Knicks, like, one Knicks parade and I'll be so fucking happy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but I, I grew up a Jets fan. I'm not really that into football oh, anymore. Oh, interesting, interesting. I grew, I grew up a Jets fan, right? But then when the Giants won their Super Bowls, I went to those parades. <laughs> oh, as you should. I was not even I mad at went. you, bro. Not I'm, even I'm mad, mad at you. Because <laughs> technically, as a Jets fan, right? You, yeah. You hated the Patriots because you guys were in the yeah, same division. Of and the Giants so beat the Patriots. Just, so exactly. It's a win. You just, it's you a win. just that's it. That's, that's, that's the reason right there. You're like, oh, they beat the Patriots. I got to, you know, <laughs> I got to go celebrate support. this. Go, what do you I'll, mean? I'll go get some autographs and, you know, exactly. I'll wear this exactly. Giants cap. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But I, I definitely <laughs> need a Knicks window, man. Like, I, I, I joke around, but I, I do think that a lot of, 
why I'm like mad from like November to June is because <laughs> the Knicks suck. Like straight up. I think they're just so bad. I'll come in the next day like, yo, why are you in such a boom? Like they just blew like a 20 point lead. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, of course. And then just the go usual, off and then my whole week day. is off. Yeah. And then my whole week is off and I'm just like not in a yeah. good mood anymore. Like, no, nah, man, I always say is. that's one thing One thing that I can't control that would really change my life is the, the Knicks mm. being good again. <laughs> Yo, for real. for That's a very good point. It's one of those things. You're right. Like, you really can't control that. You really can't. There's you can just no hope say in that whatsoever. That they make good decisions. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, yo, uh, can we, do you mind if we, uh, if we go back in time a little bit and talk yeah. about, like, your, uh, your roots? Yeah, so for you, sure. You're, you're, are you born and raised in the Philippines? Yeah, born and raised in the Philippines, Matinlupa City. Um, oh, where? That's where I'm at right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, even fire. So <laughs> I lived in Matinlupa City for like the last three years of my life in the Philippines. So a lot okay. of like what I lastly remember was when I lived in Matinlupa. I went to Sacred Heart. Um, like, you know, I did the whole thing. You feel me? Um, mm-hmm. family though, like I, I lived in Quezon city. Uh, I spent time in Pangasinan, which is my parents' province. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, then I got, I lucked out. Like I was the one of like, call it four or five cousins that for some odd reason, my grandmother was like, I, right, you know, like you're going to America. <laughs> so oh, I'm real? blessed. I'm yeah, that's, that's kind of how it was. But I always kind of, I came here not thinking I was moving here, like, you know, and, and to just kind of further explain that, like, I, I got here and it was just like, I had a mission, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause I was one of the, the few cousins to be able to come to America and start kind of right. over. Right. How so it ended up, I was 10 turning 11. Okay. okay. Cause it was, yeah. So, you know, like I, I just really, I came here with that sort of like goal in mind. I was like, all right, cool. I lucked out. I wanted a few. So I have this responsibility to be something, you know what I'm saying? Like whatever that ends up being just to be able to help out more of my family uh, back home and bring the younger ones. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like no disrespect to my uncles and aunts, but it's like, ah, you know what I'm saying? Just wasn't in God's plan, but your kids, we can get your kids over here. And if your kids are here, they start grade school here they might have an opportunity because then it becomes, you know, as cliche as it sounds, it becomes like it's on you now to to achieve that American dream. Right. So it's like. Right. So that was kind of how I always looked at it. But I came here and it was from there. I had blinders on, bro, because it was never like, a, hey, you're moving to America. Nice and cute. Nah, bro. It was like you're moving to America and we're going to check in every six months or so on how you're doing, because you got a lot mm-hmm. of family here. They need to help out. Word. So it's always been like that. Yeah. Ah, I feel that. I feel that. that. See, I'm 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 the opposite. I'm born and raised in Jersey, but mm. then I moved here three years ago, oh, two years ago, for uh, see, I, I was modeling a lot in New York, and then I got flown out here to join an agency, and I've been with them ever since for the last two years. Oh, nice. And it's it's pretty interesting, man. Like it, it's it's interesting you bring that up about the the whole you know you want to be the one to try to bring help your family to bring more yeah. people over there and live that American dream, right? Yeah. Man, my family yeah. just says, why did you move here? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's facts, bro. Like, I, I remember the first time you and I chat, I ran that in my head. I was like, that's a very interesting thing because I actually haven't, outside of my one of my homies that's an artist, I haven't actually seen that before. Like, I haven't seen people, like, go from U.S. and it's like, sorry, in the Philippines, but you're onto something 
that I hope we get into in this in this pod as the you know the conversation goes on. But you're onto something with bridging that gap because I do think we are now at a point in time where we can start owning the narrative as Filipinos and as Filipino yeah. Americans that came from America to be able to bring you know the, the the community, the art, the music, and just the overall culture that's happening in the Philippines now with a lot of call it second or third generation um, Filipino Americans and Filipinos period that could really break that global. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're onto something and you know I'm gonna mark this and you know and note it and I'm glad this is being recorded because there's gonna be a time in the next 10 or 15 years that we're gonna look back and be like, I right, who were the first 20 or 30 people that decided to go bridge that gap from Philippines to the Western world, right? And right. really like bring that culture together. And I think you're onto something. So I'm I'm glad, I'm one, I'm glad you're is doing well, right? And or hopefully <laughs> you're doing okay there with the move. Cause yeah, I do sure. think that that's gonna happen more and more um in the next coming years where you're gonna really start seeing creatives moving back home and launching there. You're going to start seeing entrepreneurs that are, yep. you know, not old school entrepreneurs, more within like the newer set of mind that's going to go from here or, you know, part of the Western world, Canada, UK, whatever it is. And it's going to go back to the Philippines, open that back up and really start creating a, a, a you know, a, a powerhouse there. So I'm, right. I, I really can't wait to see that. For sure, man. You know, it's funny because my, my partner, who we do art we do these art events together he basically said after we did this show we did a pretty big show in uh in january a pretty big art gallery in january here in manila and after it was over he was like he was like yo like i would i would be down to quit my job he's a nurse in harlem mm. he was like yo i would be down to quit my job and move out here and like try yeah. to do this full time yeah because because yeah. it's really obvious right that uh, there is a movement here there is there is gradual motion toward like making it bigger than just in manila you know what i mean yeah. like right now in terms of music right we have we have all these different rap groups it's mostly groups oddly enough mm -hmm. as i'm sure you know a couple of them i'm sure you you know bala clan right of course like, a lot of these a lot of these groups like they're they're repping cities right now you know yeah. what I mean? They're repping Makati, they're repping Pasai, they're repping Quezon City, but sooner or later they're going to be repping Manila, and then sooner or later mm. that Manila becomes the Philippines on the yeah. global map. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that that exactly. is what I think everybody should be striving toward. Like that goes the same for for the art, the visual artists that I work with. You know, where it's yeah. like we got to try to keep telling these stories of of being Filipino or being Filipino American, being Filipino Canadian, whatever telling these stories so that you know a broader audience can see it but not only the broader audience but so that more filipinos can see it exactly you know what i mean talent, to see the possibilities there's talent. exactly there's a talent pool and i've i've you know and call it bias obviously because i'm a filipino born and raised um, yeah word but I've, I've stated this multiple times even in music i do think when it comes to the asian subgroup that like filipinos are probably the most talented when it comes to actual vocal ability, when it comes to singing, when it comes to For the sure, actual yeah. pen, when it comes to rapping. And this is going to sound super subjective, but when it comes to just the cool factor, I just think we carry ourselves better than most. Right. Yeah. And so I think you hit that on the nail. There's a talent pool and that's what's going to, that's exactly the next steps that needs to happen. Right. You're going to get a Filipino Manila, you know, Manila representing or maybe even a province in the Philippines that is going to break globally, right? Mm -hmm. And that's going to actually show people on a global stage that like, yo, 
there's Filipinos that can actually really do this and hang. You know, yeah. you have artists that could that could definitely show in global galleries, right? But I, I agree with you 100%. And and you know, your homie that is thinking, but look, listen, I've I've I'm still trying to figure that out, you know, because I see where he's coming from and he's correct. I see exactly what you did, and I'm like, that's I, I get it. I 100 yeah. percent get it, and you know, and it's now is that time. Now is the time for like that kind of rise of that movement and for things to really start shifting because. I think we have an opportunity to, you know, to really show the world, you know, as far as just like what the talent is, you know, in the Philippines and show that they can keep up with the rest of what's happening. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see how things develop in the next couple of years. No doubt. No doubt. Have you have you like have you thought about like the idea of of uh, Asian Hollywood at all with the way Hollywood mm -hmm. is is moving with uh, with not only films but also tv shows and things like that where we're starting to see more asian representation right mm -hmm. uh, i stole this i got this concept from uh dante bosco he was mm -hmm. on dumbfounded's podcast like two years yeah. ago or something and i think about this all the time still where it's like okay we have this opportunity now we're in this we're in the window of opportunity right now and it's gonna be there for probably the next five five plus years you know yeah where it's like, okay, the representation is finally starting to show. We're finally starting to get movies and TV shows for Asian people in general, you know, starring Asian people, directed by Asian yeah. people, all of that. And it's like, yo, we have to capitalize on this. Facts. You no, know that's 100% I mean? so true. That's 100% yeah. true. You know, I think we need to celebrate the people that are getting those roles. I think we need to celebrate the people that are directing those movies, directing those shows. And even the, I'll even double that up. The people that are in the shadows, the people that For are sure. the producers, the people that are just the marketing executives that are working on those films. Like there is a and I'll even be more specific, you know, and, and that's the part about the, the kind of the come up of agents in the film and TV industry in the Western world and here more specifically in America. You will 100% see more Asians now, but you do not see more Filipinos. I just want to make exactly. that very clear in public exactly. in a podcast. You don't see a lot of Filipinos, right? Yeah. Like, you know, so like even th these small things, I think you're starting to see it more and more. But, you know, what I hope is that that does change as time goes by. What I do really, really like seeing, though, and mostly just because I'm, I'm like heavy on Netflix and watching how Netflix is developing, the amount of Filipino just movies and shows that are starting to be distributed or placed in a lot of these important streaming platforms the right, amount yeah. of you know like the amount of um like newer kind of filipino movies that are ending up on netflix as premieres or netflix exclusives those are great and i really want to see more of that hopefully moving forward because mm -hmm. i i do think that that you know gives us at least an opportunity to tell our story it gives us an opportunity to show the full pool of talent um that's involved right. And, you know, hopefully that opens a few, you know, a few eyes uh, uh, along the way. Yeah, no, it's 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 a process, you know, it's it's going to be a process for yeah. for the next few years, you know. And, and like we were saying before, like in this age of social media right now, especially right now, like there's so much possibility and opportunity for these people to start to elevate into those positions where, you know, that Filipino representation can be found. So yeah. I, I don't know. I just hope it keeps progressing. That's that's why I do this show, you know, to just keep trying mm -hmm. to put on more Filipinos into a broader network, you know, just keep trying to connect people because it's the yeah. only way to, to, to make, to take that next step, you know. That's a good point.
shit. Let's go back. Let's go back into your work a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. for sure. Let's let's see. Uh, I'm curious, man. Like, how how did you get there? <laughs> oh, um, so you know, and I hope we got time. <laughs> yeah, we got time. Uh, it, we're only at nah, thirty bro, minutes. <laughs> I, I started. Um, it's gonna be why. But I started as a rapper. I actually was oh, like word, okay. battling all over Jersey, New York City. You know, oh, I put fine. out songs during like the MySpace era. Like I remember all of that. I remember performing with Dumbfounded in an NYU like show back in like early Damn. 2010s. You feel me? That's like crazy. I remember, I remember like you know meeting Aquafina for the first time, and she was just like a rapper from Queens. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. it was like you know it was that it was that era. Um, yeah. So I started as an artist, but I started as a rapper, and and you know that really showed me one how to be an indie artist and the mm -hmm. amount of things you need to do to be able to keep yourself going. You know what I'm saying? Like I learned how to design flyers because no one else was going to design my flyers for me. Right. For or sure. I learned how to, you know, use my space at that point in time or, you know, Facebook when it started creeping up because I, I didn't have no digital marketing person to help me out. Like that was just mm -hmm. all me, you know? So you pick up these things as an indie artist, uh, to create this like kind of pool of you know skill sets that you know you end up realizing can actually help a bunch of other people so i was an artist for a good call it four to five years at one point i remember like telling my parents straight up like yo like i'm not you know i just finished touring with wu-tang across like four or five different cities um, oh fuck what the yeah hell? yeah it was nuts like i you know i i that was the first time i started meeting with labels and shit because you know, during that era, like it was just, you know, like it was very new for a lot of people to see this, but I had like a, a you know, at least in my opinion, I had a very different story from a lot of kind of Asian artists that were coming up. Cause I was from the Philippines and I was from, you know, I had family living in squatters. I did, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I was, I didn't have sneakers till I got to America. I had a very interesting kind of narrative that a lot of people didn't really see. And at the same time I was Filipino, which was, you know, like it was really weird at that time and kind of just mm -hmm. not really common. So, you know, I, I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to graduate. I remember saying that. Like, I remember like having that exact conversation with my parents and, you know, like, this I'm like, I'm not going to graduate. This was, I was already, I just finished high school going into college. Okay. Right. Okay. Like, you know, cause I was like, look, I'm, I'm probably going to do a year in college and then I'm probably going to dip. I remember telling them that and they were like, but why? And I was like, oh, cause I'm going to probably be touring by the end of, you know, next year. Um, you know, like I'm already talking to labels now and I'm, I'm, you know, my community and my fan base is starting to grow exponentially. So I'm probably not going to graduate. And, you know, I, that was kind of the start of everything. You know, I was just like, I really just wanted to be an artist. I, you know, I loved performing. I loved rapping. I loved writing. I, I was, you know, I was great at battling. Like it was just like, I was very, you know, I was very into it. Um, but you know, there was a switch that happened uh, when I, I, I took a step back and I started realizing the music I was making and the, and I think, and I, I kind of like pat myself in the back for realizing this, the music I was making and the direction of the music that I was making wasn't what was making money within music at that time. Right. Um, okay. you know, I was, I was a boom bap rapper. I was rapping, like I was very, that I was like kind of my lane, you know, and during that point in time. You know, we got to remember this is before streaming. So this was before Spotify, before Apple Music. This was, this was primarily you were still, you make money still from iTunes downloads. Um, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like that was kind of the era. Yeah. I was like, mm, 
I'm probably not going to make a lot of money from music sales, right? Because um, I wasn't Drake. I wasn't making pop record, pop rap records that could break through. I was just like this focused, you know, like you know, backpack rapper, right? So I was like, I'm not going to make money. And to go back, you know, what I said is like, I came here with a goal. So I came here with like, I got to be able to get people through college in the Philippines. I got to be able to help family members out. I got to be able to send money monthly back home. I was like, this isn't going to work out that way. Then off that, I came out of a tour that I really hated, like legitimately just didn't like tour life. Like I hated sleeping on, but like I just didn't, I wasn't comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it didn't do well with me, you know, because like I'm, I'm, you know, and I think most Filipinos notice like we're super close to our family. We're super close yeah, to our parents. Sure. We're very close we're- to our, you know, our siblings um, or hopefully you are. And and I, I wouldn't see my mom or like my pops for like four weeks at a time, bro. And I was like, yeah. damn, this is weird. And it didn't sit well with me, you know? So that on top of like me thinking like, hmm, this is a risk because I might not make money from this. I was like, I got to figure something else out. So I started moving into just like consulting other artists. So artists that I used to hit up to do collabs with, right? Or artists I used to hit up and be like, yo, let's hop on a session together. I would just be like, yo, so what do you need to like help move your shit forward? You know, and a lot of it started, like it was random, a bunch of random shit, bro. I remember people going like, yo, I just need Facebook banners because they didn't know how to like make Facebook banners. Wow. They didn't know yeah, how to yeah. use Photoshop. You know what I'm saying? Like these, this is rap. So you already know yeah, of course. that we don't have money. We don't like, you know what I'm saying? Like this is a purely hustle, you know, slow build, heavy grind sort of genre. So then I was like, all right, cool, I'll help you make that. Right. Then it would be like from banners to, you know, like, yo, can you just like make me a website or it'll be like, you know, th- those would be these like weird little instances that would happen, um, you know. And luckily enough, a lot of the people that I ended up kind of helping and consulting and being a part of ended up getting signed, you know, like they started ended up getting Word. signed, they ended up getting really fucking big. And, you know, I, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, you know, they're blessed and I'm I'm super happy for them. But that's exactly how kind of that just like progressed and started. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember, you know, ASAP 12B was one of the first that I was dealing with during this era. This was before Rocky got signed to RCA. This was before all of that. And I was just working with 12B primarily. Right. And I remember this one conversation we had because he wanted to get a website up. And I was like, cool. Like, do you have photos? Like, you know, I'm like, what's your (laughs) photos? So I know how to like, you know, and it's like, do you like, you know, a font like do, you, like do you want script do you want like you know what i'm saying like do you want serif you know like what color mm-hmm. what's your color way like you know what i'm saying like are you blue are you purple are you red are you green what what is it right and then you start asking these questions and i realized this with a lot of artists was like it started with them going like yo i need a website or i need a uh, i need a single art you start asking them these questions they're like i actually don't have any of that so then you're like right, cool, i got you bro i know a photographer that can shoot your shit for cheap so you start yeah. setting up photo shoots and then you're like, okay, cool. Like, you, you got a font yet? now? Nah. It's like, all right, you're cool. Yo, here's a mood board of some fonts you can use. After a while, I start realizing, it's like, hold up, bro. I went from just, like, creating your single art. <laughs> I'm now fully creatively directing everything you're doing, right? Everything and you're I'm doing. And I'm now in yeah, yeah, everything yeah. you're doing. Now I'm in charge of your art direction. And shit like that just kept going, bro. Like, it went from that to someone going, cool, now that it's over. Yo, when should I put it out? It's like, hold up. So now you're asking me your release strategy release too. Release schedule you need to, and everything. So, so now I'm like, <laughs> now I'm fully in management. 
that was when I realized yeah. I was like, oh, now I'm fully in management because of all of these skills that I picked up as an indie artist. I can help this guy or help this artist kind of just at least push their vision along. You know, and since right. I was an artist, there was no weird in between. There wasn't like I'm talking to a suit or I'm talking to some, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not talking to some corporate guy. I'm talking to yeah. an artist as well. So it just helped the connection a little bit more. And that was just kind of how it developed, man. Like, you know, 12E, obviously, like it's been, it's written in history now. The mob got signed with, you know, with RCA, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. Rocky became one of the biggest artists. And that, you know, that was my first freelance check from a label. Was just that. It was just ASAP Ferg, ASAP Rocky, and ASAP Mob during like that era. Um, that was my first check. That was like that was the moment I realized like oh shit, this is actually could be a job, or just yeah. could be some sort of way for me to make a living and help my family. Yeah, nah, that's dope, man. That's dope. Like uh, personally for me, I I always worked in I also worked in rap music uh, when I was mm. in college. I I did two years at Hunter College, <clears throat> and oh nice. When, where did you go to school, by the way? Or where did you study? Pace. I went to Pace. Oh, okay, word. Yeah, I... Did you, um, did you graduate? <laughs> I did. I did graduate. Oh, yeah. so okay, my, okay. I made my parents very happy about that. Um, <laughs> now, yeah, I graduated, and, and primarily, really, at that point, like, it was purely a parent's play. Like, I would just, you know, I, it was... Right. To them, like, that was... That was the goal they had, right? As, you know, as obviously is to be able to come here, bootstrap, send their kids to college, have them finish. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to take that away from them, especially, at, you know, so as much as I could have left and was good, you know, cause like my degree and everything I ended up doing in college ended up not really doing anything for me. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I locked in a, a job and a role and all of that, you know, by the time I was a sophomore. Like by the time I was a sophomore in college, right. I already kind of like was making or was already making strides to be some sort of, you know, music person, um, no yeah. matter what that ended up, you know, being. But uh, yeah, yeah. Four, four years at Pace. Sure. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sure. I'm still doing, yeah, sure. You know, like yeah, I'll, I'll take you. it. I feel you. Yeah. Yo, what, what was your what was your first role out of out of college? You said you had something locked up already as a sophomore. Oh, um, so I was purely working with the mob at that point. Oh, I was just, yeah, uh, yeah. I was already like 100% game paid with, by them on like a biweekly basis, like to just consult across like marketing in general, but like digital was so, you know, I was like, digital was kind of just the thing at that point, especially for that group, especially for Rocky, who I can, you know, argue blew up from Tumblr. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they, they, they understood what the world was about to be into. They understood how to cross market lifestyles online. And, you know, I was blessed to be um, involved in that in some way, shape or form. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so that was my first role. Like, that was my first check. Um, and that really kind of opened me up to be able to see the rest of the music business landscape um, that I didn't even know existed um, at that point. Damn, man. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's a, that's a crazy place to start. You know, yeah. like, man, I, I worked, I said before, I worked in rap music a lot just as a photographer. And mm -hmm. I was mostly working in the in the underground scene, you know, the New York, New Jersey, Philly underground scene. And like, you know, I had opportunities here and there to work with, with bigger label artists, artists who had hits on the radio and shit like that. But that that was always interesting to me where it was like it was always difficult to get into those positions where you could work with those types of artists unless you were with them from 
from yeah. zero, day zero. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. You had to be with them from day zero. Or you, like, for me personally, I had to know somebody's somebody who knew somebody's manager. You know what I mean? To get my foot yeah. in the door and take some photos. You know, and that that was always tough. You know, I, I love the rap industry in New York, man. I really loved it. When I was at Hunter, I was shooting like four four shows a week, five shows a week wow. every night. You know, wow. just I, I was just just out there shooting, going to rap shows all day every day. Yeah. That was that was really all I wanted to do. You know, we uh, at one point definitely crossed paths and didn't even know that we crossed paths. Probably. Like I can guarantee, I can guarantee <laughs> that right now. Like we, we wouldn't do it on this pod, but like one of these days, you and me, I'm gonna like start asking you what shows you shot, and I, <laughs> I gut feeling I was there. You feel me? Like probably somewhere there. You know. So um, yeah. it's funny how how that works out. But it's you're 100 right. Like unless mm-hmm. you unless you've been involved with a lot of these guys since day one. Um, or you know, you know, you just know a manager that ends up managing one of them. It is, it's a very yeah. difficult, and I think, you know, I'm every day I'm blessed for, for that, bro. Cause like, it's not a, it, it definitely just doesn't come up for anybody that's trying to do this. And uh, you know, I'm lucky that, you know, the cards ended up, you know, playing this way. Word. No, for sure. I, I mean, I'm totally happy with where I'm at and what I'm doing right now, but sometimes I feel like I personally feel like I I missed an opportunity in that, like, mm. you know, working with underground artists who are around my age. I'm 23. Working with other artists who are, this is five years ago, you know, when I, when I was 18. Other artists who were 18, 19, and I was just like, I was just taking their photos, you know. Mm. I didn't even think think to offer those types of services to take it to the next next yeah. level with their socials, their digital, and everything like that. And, you know, but then again, like those things aren't skills that I developed until further down the line, you know, after yeah. I'd already moved here was when I started to pursue everything in the arts. And that was when I started to put together like my curatorial mind and things like that. Mm. So I, I just I wasn't even developed yet to take advantage of those opportunities, you know, but, yeah. you know, no regrets. I'm still happy I did it. I, I'm really, really happy I did it. You know, I'm thankful I can always go back to those people and and get back into that scene when it's I, true. when I am home, which is not it's so true. often, but you know, I always I mean, have it's never people, too late. which is good. It's never too late. You know, if you ever wanted to just add that back into, uh, add another layer to, you know, what you do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we live in an era where there's a lot of Renaissance men and it's like a lot of people that are just doing multiple things that are succeeding in all, you know, I think that that's actually one of the more unique things of this generation, in my opinion, is the, the ability to kind of own not just one box and own multiple boxes and thrive in all of them and yeah. hopscotch across all of them with no issues, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's the beauty of it. So, you know, whenever you want to pick that back up, bro, <laughs> just yeah, let no, me know. For sure. For sure. No, <laughs> I would love to, work. man. I, I really would love to. Once I get back to New York, man, I, I actually, my girl and I were planning on moving to New York this year, but it's not looking likely anymore with all of this going on. So maybe next year. Maybe, maybe next, next year. year. <laughs> there we go. It's all good. It's all good. But yo, um, do you have any favorite how should i put this do you have any artists right now who you're like really on the watch for but they're, they're not signed yet you know what i mean Ooh. like you got you got any any suggestions of people who you think are gonna blow up damn see this is the part that's hard about the position you put me in is because this is a public podcast <laughs> and so there's probably going to be other people watching this that might steal yeah. the sauce um so you know and then like I'm gonna answer this correctly though, because like, so there's a re- there's a reason why I went back to the like outside of obviously seeing my family and all that shit. There was a reason why I went back to the Philippines, right? And you okay. know we'll get into that later on. But um, I answered that. Uh, there's two artists that I've been like absolutely, absolutely obsessed with, um, just from a musical standpoint, 
and just mm-hmm. what I think that they could do globally. And um, one is Jess Connolly. Like okay, I think Jess, sure. I think Jess has something and has a charisma and just a presence about her that no doubt um, that can carry on outside of the Philippines and can be easily consumed by other people um, and other races and other communities uh, that love you know neo soul R and B pop whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So that's one one hundred percent that I you know like I I I think that she she's great. And then the other is. Um, there's an artist that I've been like, just kind of, how do I say this? Like, I just been paying attention to their moves a lot. Um, and I just feel like they actually, they possess some sort of, you know, like they possess some sort of skill set that I think would work, but they're signed, but they're super like still low key. And his name is Clinton Kane. Um, he's a Filipino Australian call it more within like the singer songwriter acoustic side of the world it's like it's like if ed sheeran like had a baby with a filipina like that would be (laughs) what he is right okay okay. um and he's one that i'm paying attention closely to because i haven't heard a filipino do that yet um once again he's filipino australian so it's half and half but i haven't heard a filipino approach um music making like this yet you know, and if I did, I, I apologize to whoever that person is. And please, you know, correct me and put me on and all that. Um, but I haven't yet. And he's one that I'm paying attention to just because, you know, it's that progression. Once again, it's just that Filipino talent progressing and, you know, expanding. And I'm excited to see how his next couple of years, you know, um, turns out. So those Word. two, Jess Connolly, Clinton Kane are probably the two that I would Clinton say that's like I'm just like paying attention to on a regular basis. OK, OK. Yeah, I'm going to check out Clinton Kane. I've never heard of Clinton Kane. Interesting. Gotcha. Um, but is that is that something, uh, is that something that you do in your position also, where in terms of scouting new artists, like do you A and R also, like as a, as just a, a thing, or you put in suggestions? I feel like if I say I do, there's gonna be a lot of A and R friends that are gonna be mad that I said it. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say that one. So that's the disclosure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yes, like being on the internet and working the role that I work means that I am 100% most likely ahead of people when it comes to just newer things. And that's because right. I'm so deep into it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm paying attention to what's happening in every platform. And the first thing that a lot of these newer artists do is create an Instagram, is to create a Twitter, or probably nowadays is to create a TikTok. So I'm on yeah. there early. Like you feel me? Like, cause I'm, I'm just there. I'm present in those platforms and I'm paying attention now. Am I there with the purpose of like looking for the new hottest thing? Nah, not really. Like, you know, like I said, like that's, I think A&Rs are brilliant in their own way because that is how they approach talent scouting is they really look at everything immediately where I'm on the other side of just like, I know this person exists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know they exist. I know they make music. It's easy for me to follow and keep up for the next month or two and see if they can hold my attention. And yeah, I've, I've 100% discovered a lot of artists that way. I 100% have developed a lot of artists that way and have helped them get signed. I've found a lot of artists that I've brought to my own label and have passed on to other A&Rs to, you know, do the rest of their job with. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of artists that I've discovered that I, you know, pro- you know, ended up managing for a couple of years or, you know, became a part of their management team as a consultant. And that still happens till this day, you know what I'm saying? Like, so 100%, I, I definitely, you know, 
because of the role that I work, get to discover a lot of newer artists. And, and, and that part of the job is awesome. I'll be honest, that part yeah. of the job is exciting. Yeah, no, that was always my favorite thing, man. Like, because, you know, when I would be shooting these rap shows, right, you might have six openers before the headliner. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? <laughs> no, you're right. You exactly, you hit it right on the nail, bro. Like, yeah, you end up, and especially in the creative side, as a photographer, videographer, I'll, the amount of up and coming artists that hit you up for work is like it's it's unbelievable you end up getting just yep. a lottery draft of artists and you're just like listening to all of them if you take your time you know what i'm saying yeah. all of them reached out to you just to whatever make a website and then you next thing you know you're like oh shit, you got 20 brand new artists you're listening to you know what i'm saying and then it's like probability yeah. on who's gonna make it you know that's just chance but you know that's exactly how it plays out all the time yeah nah for sure so do you, you, you mentioned that you still, you still kind of manage and consult and you help in the development of artists. Like, uh, are there any examples that, that you work with, if you can say that on air? Um, I can, but I will say now that I, just for the sake of my own life, uh, not contractually obligated to. Um, but, you know, one of my, and, I, and I'm forever going to be proud of this, but, you know, one of my success stories as a manager is, you know, Coyle Ray, you know, is a female artist from um, Boston by way of New Jersey that, you know, I, I was involved with at the end of 2017, the starting of 2018 and, you know, worked with, with you know, a team of really brilliant music people and managers. Um, one who, you know, is one of my probably closest friends to date and, you know, got her signed to a major label, had a hit, you know, toured nationally, still going now, obviously, and still succeeding. So, you know, that's one that I can point to where I was like, you know, like that, that was a very proud moment for me as someone that was just trying to make it in the music industry. Um, you know, I mm -hmm. think that being able to take someone from or help someone from zero and be able to be a part of their story to the point that they are signed and are sitting at 1.4 million followers, hundreds and thousands of, you know, monthly Spotify listeners eating and being able to help their family through music is, is probably one of the, you know, the greatest feelings when it comes to being a part of the music industry. I think that part yeah. is rare and it's super fucking hard. And it's like, you know, I, I, I compare it to like winning a championship, you know, like that nah, it's, no a doubt, no it's a long season. It's a long season is a longer playoff, season. right? Can be a like, five -year you know, season, and you know, exactly. And that's exactly how I see it. So that's one that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of it. And I'm glad that, you know, things worked out. Okay. Damn word. Yeah, man, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I don't know exactly what you mean because I haven't been in that position. But like the the joy, the level of joy and excitement that yeah. I feel when like one of my one of my old homies, one of my old artist homies, clients hits like a million streams on Spotify. I'm just like, I'm through the roof for like three days. Yeah. You know, I'm just yeah. I'm posting that shit everywhere. I'm like, yo, the homie did it. The homie did it. Yeah. Finally, somebody. You in never, million, you, you never know? know, bro. You never know when it's gonna happen. Exactly. You can kind of feel it when it's starting to like get closer and closer. There's certain things that are like kind of you know happens in the the peripheral where you're like oh shit we're really about to like do this but it's it's fucking hard it's like it really is like people people tend to think that it's you know it's simple but it's like it the amount of artists out there that are grinding on a daily basis the amount of sacrifices they make and you know unfortunately they might not get signed they might not be able to ever tour nationally or even maybe even make a living out of this thing um 
it's it's still a very small percentage of musicians out there that can you know honestly say that they're you know they're able to provide for their family so when it does happen Word. it's a it's a different sort of feeling that you know i personally have never felt before but i the, the closest i'll say is like winning literally is winning a championship like yeah. winning a championship is the closest feeling to that is just because of like it's day-to-day grind you know and it didn't yeah. stop it's not like it stopped once we signed you know what i'm saying but it's just like those are the type of things that i think you know um you appreciate it along the way for sure yeah man i hope there's a lot of our, our audience on this pod it kind of ranges from like i think it's from like 16 to 27 so i really mm. hope there's a lot of people listening right now who are filipino and want to make some music <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you know what i mean stay at it i really, stay at I it really hope good. that's the case stay uh, at so it do exactly I, bro. stay at it like, man stay at it don't give up and keep going you feel me like you know, keep going for sure. And and just understand that we are now at a, we are now at a time where, you know, any Filipino that breaks right now is going to be someone that carries that torch. Like I, not to like, like, you know, super gas it, but I really legitimately believe that we are going to look back at this time, 15 years from now and go, who were those 20 to 30 individuals that really yeah. like, made a stamp to be able to bring Filipino culture, music, art, talent worldwide. And I think that, you know, we're, it's like, just keep going. Cause you, that, you might, that might be you, yo, straight up, whoever's listening here, For that sure. might be you. You that might be, be that you. singer that break out of Manila or break out of a province like the, like Pangasinan and, and is now going to be globally touring. And, you know, you're the person that put Philippines in the map, or you might be yeah. the artist that has a show that gets picked up from Manila to New York City that that ends up opening this door for other Filipino artists to be able to show globally, you know? So yeah. just understand that, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say there's a lot of responsibility, but there's a lot of opportunity for you to be the one. And um, I hope that that's what happens. Yeah, nah, me too. Are there, are there any, uh, any Filipino Americans that you're listening to in music who are, you know, who you feel like are carrying that torch right now? Um, I mean, I think it's hard to like, it's hard to not say Pilo and that, of course, you know, Pilo, and then yeah. David Ali is a, is a, yeah, exactly. Then David Ali is a good friend of mine and great manager, great human being. Um, but P, man, it's hard, it's hard to not have that. It's hard to have that conversation without saying him first, you know, someone yeah. that stayed independent, someone that stayed true to not just their roots as a Filipino, but as their roots as someone from the Bay area. Yeah. And really, really stuck there and was like, I'm going to make it, but I'm going to make it my way with my sound and you're going to appreciate it and you're going to love it. Um, so it's hard to, you know, he's the one, he's one that I would say is like, it's very impressive. And it's as in period, by the way, not just as a Filipino American artist, as an artist right, that just stayed in general, independent. As an artist, yeah. yeah, like as an artist yeah. that stayed independent, he's stayed dope. true to he's their dope. vision, stayed true to their sound and stay true to their style and never ever sacrificed it um is it's commendable and it's something that you know i i 100 respect from afar and you know i love seeing that guy win straight up i just love seeing that yeah. guy win me too me too you know you know it's interesting i just thought of this now like all of the filipino americans that i hear in music are generally coming from from the west coast there's not really a lot yeah. 
That's happening true. in New York, New That's Jersey, true. which is, it's it's weird because there's so many Filipinos in fucking Queens, Jersey City. Like, there's so many. How is it not? But how is it I'll all coming from the West Coast? All right, here we go. That, this is gonna just get spicy. Um, <laughs> go ahead, I, go ahead. I I legitimately think it's because the community of Filipinos in the West Coast is way way tighter to the point that they can actually carry noise for an individual. Right. Where I think right. that Filipinos in the East Coast they tend to still be wide range. Not and which is great by the way. Like right they they yeah, hang yeah. out with other races, they're a part of different cliques. But when you don't have a subset of people or you don't have a niche that's kind of like banging that door for you, it's mm-hmm. very hard for the rest of the world to hear you. And that I'm not surprised by that statement because I saw that immediately here, right? Because I have a perfect right. example. Um, one of my homies is Jeff Donna, who's part of um, World's Fair. Okay. Filipino dude who is a purebred Queens rapper. Like when okay. I say, you know, was respected in the sense of, a, of someone that can write bars in the New York rap scene during the Flatbush Zombies era, during the ASAP Mob era, during that kind of Beast Coast era, you know, he was one that could, you know, really carry that torch. And the first thing I remember having a conversation with him about was how come there isn't more Filipinos in any of the World Fair shows? And that absolutely blew my mind, right? Because I was like, you would think, right, that the Filipino community in New York and New Jersey at that point in time would come together and go, holy shit, we have a Filipino rapper that's standing bar to bar with a lot of these other rappers, but yet there was no one to be found in any of these shows, which is great. It never happened, right? But you can go to a Pilo show, bro, and 80% of those guys are Filipinos. If not 90%. (laughs) Maybe not 100%, right? And that that to me was like the first... When I saw that, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. And I'm not sure if it changed as time went by, but it was definitely something that was glaring to me because I was like, we could have owned we could have owned this moment. We could have rallied around this artist and really mm-hmm. been his backbone. And, you know, when we would know we don't know what would have really happened, but like yep. that was that to me is is kind of that. I think the community of Filipinos in the West Coast is just way tighter. They're just way closer compared to the community of the Filipinos in the East Coast. And, you know, um, by the way, hopefully I'm wrong. And someone's like, no, that's not true. <laughs> From hopefully what I've wrong, seen. Right? Hopefully we're yeah, wrong. Hopefully, hopefully I'm missing wrong, something here. But, you know, this is definitely what I've realized, um, yeah. you know, as, as kind of just like someone that went to shows and went to these shows. Like you didn't really see that type of like kind of that excitement, you know, and um, I hope that changes, but, you know, we got we to gotta come together. We got to be the backbone for a lot of these artists. We no got to be that first wave, that foundation fan base to be able for the rest of the world to hear us, uh, to hear him or them or her. Um, you know, we as a community have to come together and support that and really like raise their voices, you know? No doubt. You know, you, you brought up an interesting thing about community, which is like, so when I was in, when I was a kid, we were living in Bloomfield, and then my parents moved our family to North Jersey, Sussex County, very, very white, rural area, right? And when I moved to to go to school at Hunter in the city, that was when I started to find more Filipino friends, right? Mm. And I realized that like once I got into that Filipino niche, where it was like, obviously, you're not going to get along with every single Filipino person you see. You're not going to be best friends right away, you know? But once I found my niche in the city, 
I started to realize like there is a bigger community, but there's no how should I say this? Like there's there's still nobody really to to be the one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like like you were saying, like the dude you were talking about, like we could have all gotten together and supported this person. And there is a very strong community of Filipinos in New York City, mm. absolutely. But there still isn't that that one, you know, yeah. which is it's so interesting to me that there hasn't been. But like you said, Pilo is the one for the West Coast. Pilo is the one for the West Coast right now and really a, a heavy representative of Filipinos, period, you know, because yeah. I can't really, you know, and, and I really hope I don't offend anyone. And please, like if, if there are any New York Filipinos that are making noise, like hit me man hit me directly yeah, i'm here link. to help send you a link. you know what i'm saying send a link i'm here to help i'm here to to be some sort of guidance in any way shape or form that i can be um but you know like just off top like you there isn't really a lot you know you have Kelly in canada that's you know filipino that you know somewhat reps it and then really you know states that he is but said there isn't much bro like it's not uh and, and and if there is it's not getting to us you know and exactly. it's not getting to and that I think it, that's a part of the problem too. Is like there probably is a lot of Filipino artists out there, um, but there a lot of them just don't have that voice. Like a lot of people don't have that community or that fan base to help them kind of you know be a little bit more known. So, you know, that's something that I hope changes in the next coming years. Yeah, man, it's all it's all part of the process. It's all part of the process. Yeah. Yo, do you have any? Uh, you mentioned earlier you were really into backpack rap. Like, who who are your favorites? Um, yo, I was a huge Merce fan. I'm a backpack fan. guy too. Okay, I was yo, a big I Merce. Yo, <laughs> I was a big Merce fan. Um, I've I've stated this in a few other public forums where I think that Blue at one point and yeah, could have been man. the best West Coast rapper ever. And people used yeah. to look at me crazy, but Below the Heavens is one hundred percent a fucking classic. Yep. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like those two off the top of my head, I would just be like, that's. That was much, bro, man. Blue, I'm, I might, I might listen to Below the Heavens today, um, yeah. just because of that, you know. But yeah, like those are the two that I, I, I remember having this conversation with someone recently because I, I missed the whole Little Wayne era, which fucking sucks. How, by the how, way, what now do you that mean? I look what back, do you mean? Um, oh, you missed it. I was or like, you missed I it. missed it. Yeah, because like I was so like ha 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 into backpack rap you feel me like nah oh, like i'm not man. listening to that mainstream i missed the whole little wayne era and then it sucks because you can you listen now and a lot of the bars are obviously dated right because a lot yeah. of his metaphors and a lot of because he lived in such a real time his pen was so in real time that like you mm -hmm. hear a bar and you're like hold up that's like a perfect representation of 2011 you know <laughs> so it's like i missed that whole shit yeah exactly right so i missed the whole thing so then like i try to listen now and obviously it doesn't hit as hard because it's you know it's dated but yeah during that yeah. era bro, i was just like i was just heavy listening to merce i was listening to fucking blue on a regular it was just like ridiculous um mm -hmm. how like kind of like i just kind of pushed that <laughs> i didn't even, even get to like really get into that era but yeah those are two probably off the top of my head that i was like bumping on a heavy word yeah i was kind of the opposite to be honest like mm. so my brothers are not, uh, seven and ten years older than me so they were always listening to the mainstream stuff yeah, yeah, and yeah. like the first album that I had as a kid that my brother gave me in 2007 was the Carter three. Oh. And, and so like I was already into the mainstream, like at that time it's Kanye, T-Pain, Lil Wayne, all that stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But then as I got a little bit older, I was like, okay, this isn't really me. And that was when I started listening to Merce. That was when I started listening to Blue <laughs> and everybody else, you know. I, I went the other way, but that, yeah, that's because I'm younger, you know. But yeah, yeah, man. I mean, there still is, like, do you still listen to the the, the more wordy type of rappers that are out today? Oh, facts, bro. I'm Like, who, 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 I'm, who, who? So I'm a big Griselda fan. Like, okay, yeah, yo, me too. Like, I can't, yeah, yeah. I can't even, like, hold you, bro. Like, I haven't on a regular that's kind of all i'm really listening to right now um is just anything griselda related uh i was a big joey badass fan and still is to this day you Mm -hmm. know still listen to that so you know i would say like those two like off the top of my head that i'm just like heavy kind of really like really still bumping um i wouldn't say he's wordy but i was oddly and i was a big action bronson fan like huge action Bronson bronson fan oh so i was because so I'm a big Wu-Tang fan, period, like in life, right? Like, like I was just ab- wildly obsessed with them, like for some odd reason. Um, but I was a big Wu-Tang fan. I, I was a bigger Ghostface fan. I actually mm-hmm. have, you know, I've, I have like a majority of Ghostface's album on a regular like rotation still. But it, 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 I wouldn't say it aged, but it was just like I, I wanted that same feeling and, and that same kind of energy. And for some odd reason, and, and, I, and this is 100% subjective and an opinion, I found that from, I found that on, you know, in a majority of Action Bronson's tapes. Like for some odd reason, I had that same, like, you know, maybe it's the voice, maybe it's the, you know, just the, I, I don't think their cadence are wildly similar like that, but just even a lot of like the approaches to, to bars and the way they write metaphors is like very, it's somewhat, there's, a, there's that pattern that's very similar. Um, okay. So that was kind of why I like was wildly obsessed with Bronson, but yeah. you know, and then it took a different like it took a different path because then he started doing a bunch of things that weren't music related that I yeah. was like absolutely in love with because I was like that's being a musician or that's being an artist in twenty whatever that was twenty seventeen. I was like, yeah. this is brilliant. Right, like being yeah. able to rap about yeah, TV cooking show, right? and then have yeah. a cooking show is—I yeah. was like, that's that's <laughs> that's being a lifestyle artist through yep. and through. And the story makes sense, and the branding makes sense, and the uh, other opportunities outside of music make sense. So that also ended up being a part of why I was just like wildly into him because I was like, yo, that's actually really dope. Like I didn't at that point in time, you weren't really seeing that happened that often you know what i'm saying like you saw a lot of artists kind of move into movies or you know obviously a lot of them are of course, entrepreneurs yeah. and ended up owning businesses but for someone to go i was a chef right started rapping because i got hurt as a chef a majority of my my verses include some wildly weird anecdote about food <laughs> about cooking and, yeah <laughs> yeah right and then you pop in six months later with a food show like it's just something like yo that's perfect like that's a perfect linear like evolution of you as an artist and till this day when i speak to a up and coming like you know musicians i still talk to them about him i'm like look at that like look at that path right like mm-hmm. this guy cannot put he can go ahead and not put out another rap album and probably still be good you yeah. know like and and i love that i i 100% love that cuz i just think that it's a it's a perfect way to like merge everything he's doing into one um so yeah yeah random 
No, that's exactly it. It goes back to what we were saying before about like you don't have to just be in one box. You can be in any box. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can that's master true. every box if you want to it's and true. do everything right. That's true. Man, I mean, that, look at Rocky, bro. Rocky for some people, Rocky exactly. is a, a fashion a fashion icon before he was a you know before he's their favorite rapper. Or, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, they look to him for style advice before they look to listen to his new song. Um, and I think you're seeing that more and more now uh, with a lot of the way artists develop. Like, you really got to have that lifestyle component developed too. Whatever that is, mm -hmm. whatever you're comfortable with, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, l last I checked, I think Offset is one of, he's a co-owner of an esports like team because he's a gamer. He actually legitimately games. So now he owns an wow. esports team. You know what I'm saying? Like shit like that, I think is like, those are these things that, you know, you don't think of that immediately when you're an up and coming artist because your focus is obviously your craft and making music. But, yeah. you know, those are those ways to keep your shit here. And the reason why a lot of these artists are still somewhat buzzing 10, 12 years later is because of these other kind of lifestyle factors that they've included and they've monetized from, you know, and, and I think that part of that part of the development is brilliant to me. And I love seeing that shit. Yeah, do you, um, this is kind of a tough question to to answer, but like, do you have any advice to to new artists, you know, who are new to music but they want to develop that lifestyle thing? Like, how how do you how do you figure that out for yourself? You know what I, I mean? mean? Like, message what else you like. I think that's kind of that's my first like advice to everyone. Like, message what you like. Be open to your community and the people that follow you. And let's just even mm -hmm. keep this as simple as just your followers. Like show them other things you're doing show yeah. them the music obviously but show them other things you're doing and you'll start seeing that develop even more don't be afraid to be who you are and show what you're into you know if, if you're into fucking watching anime go watch anime because yeah. i guarantee you <laughs> i guarantee you you have fans that watch anime or i'll give you the flip side fans are going to discover you because you like anime and yep. they like anime yep. too so they're going to be like who's this guy that makes music talking about, I'm not really like a big anime guy. So like, okay. like who's this guy talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, right? Yeah. And they're gonna be like, I'm a Yu Yu Hakusho <laughs> fan. So they're like, oh, you, you like Yu Yu Hakusho too? And the next thing you know, you got them from being an anime fan and your next post is music and you never know what happens from there. Cause exactly. they might love your music too. And they're like, wow. So this guy likes anime and I like his music. Let me stay following him. Mm -hmm. And if you can just keep that, you're good. So be yourself, man. Like, I think we live in an era now where, like, you know, the 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 box that artists are in and what they're supposed to be into is completely shattered. You can literally be whatever you want. You can showcase right. the things that you're into to the world. And there is a community out there that will appreciate that. Right? No doubt. Because um, they exist. Because every... A bunch of fucking communities exist on the internet that is into everything from fucking sneakers to um, crossword puzzles. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I guarantee you right now we could probably find a good 100,000 people community somewhere on Facebook that just talk about crossword puzzles. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a weird example, <laughs> Yo, but so. it's legitimately there. I would join that too, but you yeah. know what I'm saying? But it's like, just be open, be open, be authentic, show the world who you are. Cause you know, the reason that social exists is for one-on-one -on -one connection. <clears throat> and the reason why a lot of these things exist is so that fans and people have an opportunity to reach 
others mm-hmm. in a way that they've never reached before. And that includes artists. So yeah. be open, be authentic, show the world what you're about that's outside of music and you'll start seeing things fall into place. You know, especially if you're one of those really, you know, cynical people and, and a cynical is the incorrect word, but you're one of those very strategic <laughs> people that yeah. like, like a Bronson that can go, I should talk about food in my rap because I put food on everything else that I do and I'm a food representative and you start seeing things start merged together, right? Like yeah. Rocky can talk about, you know, rare archival rap Simon pieces from the 90s, knowing that a majority of the community he's built probably know what the fuck that piece is, right? Because yeah. after years and years of talking about fashion and being involved in fashion, the people that he's curated, that fan base that he's curated are either people into fashion or ended up being into fashion because of him. Because of him, So you yeah. start seeing things connect where if I'm a fan and I'm like, been following you and then I hear you, you know, mention the Knicks because you're a Knicks fan. I'm like, holy shit, you you fucking mentioned the four point play against Miami. Yeah. Now I know you're a Knicks fan. Now I really fuck with you outside of you being a rapper. I also know you're a Knicks fan. Like yeah. these things, like these this is what fans do, bro. That's why they're into that shit. You feel mm-hmm. me? So be open, man. Be open and message what the fuck you do. Like you you have a lot of people, you know like in your reach from one IG post or from one tweet. So be yourself. Like, don't be scared about that. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that, you know, things will just fall into place. Yeah, no doubt. Yo, just to tie that back into the Philippines, like, do you know that the Philippines is the, the number two user in the world in terms of countries of the internet and social media? Yes. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. Bro, it's I'm actually, so... I'm actually super happy about that, but I'm not surprised. Uh, bro it's so crazy it's so crazy Uh, but what that does is it shows you like the artists i know here who have who have made their successes but are still like you know pretty underground like they they have these crazy internet followings man where they have fans who want to know every single thing that's happening in their lives every single day because that's just the the nature of fans and it's the nature of the philippines where people are on social media constantly like non-stop like like people want to know about this rapper's girlfriend you know what i mean like they want to know everything and so yeah so for artists in the philippines in particular like you gotta capitalize on that because the Got audience it. is obviously there especially if you already have the following yo just take it to the next step and be take even more next open step. with exactly them. take it to the next step man take it to the next step open up that layer and include people in your process include people in your process you know i i think that that's I speak to a lot of fans and as a fan myself of a lot of artists, mm-hmm. there's nothing better than seeing a behind the scenes video of you making my favorite song. You know what I'm right. saying? Like there's just, it's, yeah. there's something about including me into, you know, your process and your progression that I think keeps me in tuned and it keeps a lot of fans in tuned, you know, and that's how you build cult followings. Cause you have these guys that have just watched, you know, people from day one from their bedroom, to, you know, two years later touring globally and they want to be involved in that journey. They want to be a part of that journey. So, you know, make sure you talk to them, make sure you include them in that process and, you know, watch how things just kind of fall into place. Yeah, for me, one of the best people doing that on the internet right now is Kenny Beats, man. 
Yeah. I love all yeah. the video stuff that he does. It's genius, man. Yeah. I love the cave. I watch every I single episode, even if I don't I know who these artists are. Like, the way he does that, and, and it's like, yo, here's me literally making this song with this artist. They can put it on their album if they want to, but they don't have to. But here's the whole process. It's yeah. funny. It's entertaining. It's short enough. You know, like, you get to see the whole thing. You see yeah. the whole thing happen. You get a little taste of their personalities and who they are. And it's like, and it's quick. You know, it's yeah. just one, two, three, and it's I agree. over. I agree. I agree. I, I 100% agree with you. Kenny Beast is one of my favorite people on the internet. Um, yeah, me too. His, his, the one week that he was trying to learn Twitch is like one of my favorite things that has <laughs> happened in quarantine. Because I thought that that shit was fucking hilarious. Like through and through, I was entertained. Yeah. Like across yeah. the board. Like, because I was learning Twitch at the same time because people would just like, People on the comp, like on the chat, would just be going in in a you know friendly way, but they're just like, "You're doing that wrong. That's not how you do that." And I'm just like cracking <laughs> up the whole time. Yeah. But yeah. it's one of those things, right? It's like the fact I remember that. The fact that you yep. and me can have that conversation about Kenny Beats is, I think, it's a true testament to that, right? Because I saw I was a part of that progress. I saw that kind of come about on a day to day basis as a fan, and now I'm hooked. Now I'm watching it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I watch every cave. I watch it twice, three times yeah, sometimes, bro. Like, yeah. like I'm not the JPEG be... Mafia episode like twenty times, man. Bro, that <laughs> shit is like it's brilliant. It's brilliant content online. Like it really is, yeah. and I. You know, I'm I'm glad that he he really like broke that down because it's crazy to think about the amount of times where I'm like, wow, I can't believe that was the first time anyone has ever done that. I yeah. remember watching a cave where I was like, how come this doesn't exist? I was like, right? How this never happened before? Exactly, and I was like, yeah, this is crazy. But I like, yeah, that's one of my favorites, bro. Like I I I'm Kenny Beast is a is is definitely a figure online that I, I pay attention to on a regular no doubt me too me too yo um before we get out of here i, I did want to ask you like do you have any uh opinions or outlooks on what the what the future of social media is looking like um i think we're gonna get more you know i think we're gonna get more platforms that are kind of uh community based and is closed off um i think what i, I think what the quarantine showed is the amount of people i think the few things is like i think what the quarantine showed is a lot how people want to stay close with their friends, but in a in a tight space, right? Like the amount of Zoom right. parties I've seen, the amount mm -hmm. of, you know, activations on house party, you know, the amount of, you know, close friends groups on IG that has kind of occurred. It, it, what I'm realizing from the way people people's habits are is like they, they still wanna be somewhat private, right? So I think what we're gonna start seeing from a lot of you know, either of those are new platforms or platforms that are coming out of, you know, or new developments or features from platforms that exist now is a lot of mm -hmm. more of these like closed groups, closed communities that, you know, will kind of keep things a little bit more niche. Um, so I think that's what we're going to see. We're going to see a lot more house parties come up in the next couple of years. You know, we're going to see Facebook kind of, or Facebook and or Instagram develop um, some sort of, you know, uh, feature where, I can keep it to just the seven people I want to talk to, you know, right. and, you know, right. and you're seeing that you're seeing a bunch of Finstas pick up because they only want the 40 people that they fuck with to be able to see the Finsta, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like shit like that, I think is what, what we're going to like, what we're going to start seeing develop in the next couple of months or years. Um, but outside of that, you know, I think, uh, I think we're going to get a little bit, we're, we're going to see a TikTok competitor. 
um, but it's going to come from a major. It's going to come from a Instagram, a Facebook, or a Twitter. Most likely, right, yeah. a Facebook or Instagram Most is going to develop something that will go against TikTok. Uh, yeah. Just for the, sh- the short form wave of things. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yo, man. This has been That's great, it. man. It's, it's been good, really man. been great. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. Can you tell the people uh, uh, where they can find me. you? Um, yeah. Uh, John Vince on Instagram. John Vince underscore, I think, on Twitter. But yeah, just hit Dominic, man. If you want to like get a hold yeah. of me, <laughs> just hit Dominic. Yeah, just hit me up. Um, you know, uh, but you know, I appreciate you for having me. Appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing, bro. Like, I think this is like super important. Um, you Thank know, for, you, for Filipinos, you. it's super important for the culture. And you know, um, I ain't get to get to say this part, but you know, I went back to the Philippines. Oh, not just yeah. to go visit my family, but I went back to the Philippines to really see the landscape. Because um, I think outside of artists. I think outside of talent, I think outside of the creative pool, there needs to be executives in a lot of these buildings that will allow that door to stay open for, you know, for Filipino creatives and Filipino artists. And right. you know, I went back with the purpose of me kind of seeing how the music executive side of the world is doing in the Philippines, how a lot of these major labels are treating artists. Um, because I think that, you know, we are two or three key steps away from being fully global as far as being able to break out of the Philippines and really showcase what Filipino talent is about. So, you know, outside of that, the, the talent and the creators, I just want to kind of big up a lot of the people in the shadows. I want to big up a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people that work for a lot of these Fortune 500 companies that work for these entertainment companies, this music and movie companies that are Filipinos, that are that voice in that boardroom arguing for a Filipino person to be casted or arguing mm-hmm. A&Rs for a Filipino artist to be heard. So I just want to give that a shout out to a lot of those people that are hopefully listening to this podcast or just out there in the world because you know they're doing a lot of good and they're opening a lot of doors for people and keep doing that you know what i'm saying because it takes a it takes a, a hell of a village and a community for us to hell be able to do what i think we can do and it's going to yeah. be both sides of the table we need the creatives and the executives and the business minds to come together for us and um you know i'm excited for you know what the next couple of years are about to be about and you know keep doing what you're doing bro like i think this is great this is brilliant and you know i appreciate you for having me yeah no doubt man thank you again thank you so much yo i didn't know that was why you actually came here i really didn't yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i came there straight literally because you know uh at that point in time you know i was blessed and lucky enough to have you know been able to move up in my position um here in Colombia, u.s and you look up and i hope this doesn't offend anyone you look up but you realize that you are the only asian person there but even you're the only yep. filipino there you know yeah. and I'm in a position now where I feel like, or at least I, I strongly am confident enough to say that my voice could somewhat make a difference. And I wanted to go back home and I wanted to speak to, you know, the, the multiple different labels there. I met with a bunch of artists there. I met with a bunch of the rap groups that you mentioned about um, strictly just because I wanted to have that conversation of like, look, you have someone in the building in the U.S. You know, you have yeah. someone in the building in the U.S. that has some sort of voice and some sort of seat at the table, not to like, you know, um, not to like, uh, you know, to quote Solange, but 
that was one hundred percent. You know, you have a seat at the table. So there's a lot of people, a lot of Filipinos right now that have seats at, at the table. So you know, definitely, just again, just big up to them. And I went back home because I wanted to really see the landscape and and you know, and hopefully be one of the people that ends up being the bridge. Um, to really connect everything together because I think we you know like I said the next couple of years is going to be pivotal when it comes to you know what we're about to do globally as Filipinos yeah no doubt man yo uh, I'm gonna send you some some links and info when I get the chance of some stuff it. going on over here send you, it. I, yo, I don't send know it, if you're bro. already uh, up to it or what but uh, even I'll if I am bro stuff. even if I am send it over let's stay connected yeah. let's do all of that right like you know, no I, I, I made an objective in my career to be able to do this. And I'm at a point in my career, in my life now, where this is one of my main goals, you know, um, is to be able to be one of the people that help bridge that gap and really bring Filipino, Filipino talent and make it exposed worldwide. And, and I just want to be able to lend a hand in any way, shape or form to be able to do that. Word. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you again. Thank you again Appreciate for doing you, bro. this. Thank yeah, you, no appreciate doubt, you, man. and appreciate um, you yo, too. be safe out there, stay safe out there, and um, I hope to see you soon, man. I'm trying to go back home, <laughs> like, in the next couple months once this thing clears out. Yeah, word, for sure, man. Let me know, let me know. I'll be here till next oh, year, most likely. Uh, all right, bro, I'll see you, man. One love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right peace, man. You. Thank you again.